This is Cast Club Radio. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling. On Cast Club Radio, we believe every spirit has a story. And stories like good drinks are always better when shared with friends. Each week, we'll explore the intersection of cocktails, spirits, beer, wine, and life. It's Cast Club Radio. Here's your hosts, Lydia Cruz and Justin Stiefel. Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Cast Club Radio. Thanks so much for joining us on this fine Saturday. My name's Lydia Cruz. And I'm Justin Stiefel. And I'm Maura Dooley. Well, guys, we are in actual December now, full holiday mode. How's everybody's holiday shopping list going? Did you get most of it checked off after Cyber Monday, or are you still still trying to get everybody on your list? Uh, most of it's done for the kids. Uh, good, we've got good. three kids, ages ages fifteen down to nine. So it's always a challenge to cover the spread mm-hmm. in terms of interest <laughs> and appropriateness. But we we got it done. My wife Jennifer is a rock star when it comes to that. Not surprising. <laughs> yep. I am a bit behind. That's okay. I have three siblings that I, I need to figure out what to do for. Sometimes siblings are really difficult to shop for, but... Yeah. My sister's a lot easier. It's the boys. I can't figure out what to do for my brothers. Usually it's just a gift card. I think they might be just as happy with that. I would, I would say, yeah. How old are they? 33 and 23. Oh, well, they should get a Spirits Advent calendar for Christmas. Ah, very true. See, I'm still getting used to the fact that the youngest one can drink, right? (laughs) There you go. There you go. Break them in slowly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, something pretty cool happened earlier this week with you, Justin. What happened earlier this week with Heritage? Well, uh, for the last four years, we've done a special bottling run of our Special Forces bourbon. Uh, Each year, we make about a 1,000 bottles, limited edition run. The artwork on the bottle every year is is different and unique. And we do this to support the uh, Special Forces down in JBLM in the Tacoma area. And this year, we presented the check for just over $22,000 from the bottle sales. That brings the four-year total uh, donations now to just over $100,000. And uh, we're very proud to be doing this in support of the folks in the military. The money that is donated goes to the Gold Star Kids Program. That's the program uh, that supports kids when their uh, mom or dad dies in service. Part of the money goes to the uh, some scholarships for the graduates to go on to college or trade school. And then uh, some of the money goes to a memorial foundation, including the memorial wall at JBLM for Special Forces members who have died while in service, who had passed through or spent time at JBLM. So we were honored on Monday to present the check. And uh, it's part of what they call Menton Days. That's where the Special Forces uh, from the U.S. and Canada get together. They end up with uh, a couple thousand people here for about a week doing joint training and exercises. And so uh, this is our fourth year of being able to go and participate with them and present them with a check to support them in what they do for us. Well, it's so cool when we started talking about it coming out, you know, earlier this year and how many people were thinking about purchasing it and now to see it come to fruition and you actually hand them the money, that's pretty cool. Yes, and it's timed with the release of the next year's bottle, about a 1,000 bottles we have for this year's run. And uh, those of you who want to support the military, and specifically those folks at JBLM, you can come to any Heritage Distilling location in the Puget Sound area or over in Roslyn, or go online to heritagedistilling.com and pick up your bottle of Special Forces. And this time next year, we will present them uh, with another check, and hopefully we can get that donation amount up again. Well, it's what the holidays are all about, the spirit of giving. So it's always great to hear 
Always great to hear about that. In the meantime, what's going on in the headlines this week? Well, uh, some interesting uh, things always get announced and launched during the holidays. This is a great time of year because companies are launching new products and concepts and stuff that we just can't live without, right? Yes. So first up in the news, uh, this comes from the drinks business, Diageo. Now, Diageo is a huge global company. They have uh, enormous brands within that one company. One of the brands within the Diageo family is Bailey's, Bailey's Irish Cream that everybody recognizes. They announced a Bailey's-flavored set of baking products, including cookie chips, like chocolate Mm. chip cookies, except these are Bailey's Irish Cream-flavored chips, specifically for making into cookies. I like Uh, this this idea. Yes. (laughs) This is done in collaboration with Clabber Girl Corporation. They're the folks that make the uh, very famous white canned baking powder. It's non-alcoholic in the chips. They're semi-sweet chocolate. They're available. You can order them on Amazon. They are billed as the perfect gift for holiday baking or as an on-the-go snack. I can just imagine you throwing a few in your mouth. I do that with chocolate chips sometimes. There are 23 recipes available through the webpage. They've got a free digital cookbook you can download at the uh, website for Clabber Girl. And then now you can begin to uh, expose everybody else who doesn't drink to cookies made with Bailey's Irish cream chips. I'm still kind of disappointed that the chips don't have any alcohol in them. Yeah, come on. <laughs> well, uh, that is uh, technically challenging to do um, sure. from a food perspective, but also it means that it greatly restricts where you can sell them. If there's yeah. no alcohol, you can sell them anywhere you want through any medium. So, so grab it's a really about brand. It's really about brand and flavor, brand extension and flavor extension. So grab a couple of these and start your cookie-making party. And then if you make a mess during this cookie-making party, there's a pretty cool new invention that might help you clean it up (laughs) while serving drinks at your party, right? That's right. Also from the drinks business, we found this story really kind of funny. Stella Artois, famous for beer, they turned a vacuum cleaner into a robotic bartender. Now, if you've seen some of the stuff on uh, social media with uh, people putting their babies on their Roombas and and iRobot little vacuum discs that go around the house, uh, this is now the next iteration of that for adults. Stella Artois BART, B-A-R-T, it stands for Bartending Automated Robotic Technology. The kit actually is a 3D printed kit. It attaches to a RoboVac or uh, iRobot or Roomba. It's topped with a tray. The tray holds four beverages and a snack bowl in the middle. It allows for multi-tasting, and uh, it lets this thing kind of run around the house. Now, hopefully you can program it so that the uh, robot will go to different locations in the house or to people as opposed to randomly bouncing around. Can you imagine this thing just kind of rolling through a party? <laughs> yeah. Uh, randomly bouncing around. Well that's, well, that's the thing. Don't they usually bump into sort of the edges of things? That's that's my only concern is seeing uh, maybe some, some extra cleanup that has to happen because of this. Just imagine you see this thing coming at you with a great beverage or, or frothy beer on top, and it's coming right at you, and you're thinking, aha, my beer is arriving. Finally. And the computer on its own decides to go a different direction, and, <laughs> and uh, once again, you've got to chase it down. So uh, it is being sold by Stella Artois. Again, $20 while supplies last. Uh, you can go to the webpage and get them, 3D printer, and you can actually make them on your own by downloading the 3D printer file as well. That's pretty fun. I like it. Yeah. Well, another invention that seems pretty darn cool involving cocktails. What is this, Justin? This is uh, a bigger deal. This is from the folks that make the Keurig coffee machines with the K-Pods. We've seen those all over the place. Now Keurig is selling a machine to make cocktails instead of coffee. Uh, Similar size and scale. The cups come with alcohol in them, and they've got 15 different 
uh, cocktails, including Moscow Mules, margaritas, mojitos, Long Island iced teas, and others. They've got pods with beer and hard cider you can have as well. Uh, each one, for example, a margarita might take 25 seconds to prepare. A uh, Moscow Mule in the system might take 50 to 60 seconds, so under a minute. The machine is 300 bucks. Each cocktail pod costs between $4 and 16 bucks for a pack of four. So interesting, and it's going to change the way people kind of think about, plan, prepare, and enjoy cocktails one serving at a time. And it's going to be interesting to see what the response in the market is to this thing at home, uh, or maybe even in the office, hint, hint, uh, for <laughs> folks buying these machines. Yeah, we do have a Keurig machine here at work. We'll see if the uh, bosses are willing to, you know, spring yeah. for one of these. <laughs> it's well, research it's for research. the show. Yeah. Market research. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, speaking of making cocktails, coming up on Cast Club Radio, we've got one of our favorite spirits to use in cocktails on the show is gin. But perhaps some of the weirdest ingredients that have been used in gin, used to make gin, you do not want to miss this list. It's next on Cast Club Radio. back to Cast Club Radio. Thanks so much for joining us again. Now, gin, one of my favorite personal drinks, spirits to make cocktails with, and you over at Heritage Distilling, very familiar with the gin-making process, right, Justin? We are. We have a few different styles of gin. Our most popular one is our Elk Rider Gin. We call it Elk Rider Crisp Gin because it is, as the name describes, very crisp. It's 94 proof and made with just three botanicals. We kept that recipe simple. It's got orange, uh, coriander, and, of course, juniper berries. Uh, That's the base requirement to make gin. Gin accounts right now for about 9.8 million cases sold in the U.S. as a a market. So uh, that's all all, uh, gin brands in the U.S., to put that in perspective, that's about 3.5% of the spirits market in the U.S. by volume. Fireball last year did almost 5 million cases in the U.S. So the gin market is very small but growing. It's growing very quickly. More and more millennials and people moving into cocktails are moving into gin because of the wide variation of products and styles. Uh, that gin comes in and the various expressions that come through the distillation process based on what you put into the juniper uh, base for uh, making the gin. So it, it is a category that is emerging quickly. When I was over in Europe, and granted this is a different continent, but a lot of the people I talked to, bartenders or, pe- or restaurant people, they said that there has been a resurgence of of gin over there as well, whether it was full-on gin bars that just made only made gin cocktails or just the fact that every bar was incorporating new recipes or new cocktails into their into their repertoire. So I thought that was pretty fascinating because it seems to be similar here in the U.S. That's right. Gin came about as a result largely of the British Empire needing to mask the medical, the medicinal solution that helped their troops overcome various illnesses. And so in order to, to mask the flavor of the medicine, they created uh, essentially what we now know as gin today to mix that uh, gin and tonic. Uh, tonic was the base medicinal material used to cure some of those uh, diseases and illnesses. So that's where that came about. And the result is now, fast forward 100, 200, 300 years, this craft expression exploding and literally hundreds and soon to be thousands of different types and brands of gin. Some of them are very interesting 
very esoteric <laughs> and, and frankly, uh, quite humorous to read the description of, of the ingredients they use to make them. Yeah, I'm curious. We'll go through this list and talk from the drinks business and, and talk about some of the more odd ingredients. And yeah, I'll be curious to see if you guys, A, would sample these or if uh, you have actual any interest in this is this being part of where the gin industry is headed. Yeah, well, before we go into the uh, this article from the drinks business about gin, something really interesting happened two weeks ago at Starbucks. Did you see what they've started to offer? No. no. They've offered, they're starting to offer a latte with juniper berries essence as mm-hmm. the main flavor profile. Wow. Yeah. I can't, so I can't imagine that, that. That is the essence of gin now being put into coffee on a mass mass scale by the world's largest coffee experience company, Starbucks. Wow. So that should give you an idea of where gin has now arrived in the marketplace. Wow, interesting. Well, let's see. Our crack staff found this list from the drinks business, and it's an article called Weird Ingredients That Have Been Used in Gin. Pretty straightforward, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one on the list that was of interest is London's Portobello Road Gin. They released a, a limited edition gin last year. They call it the Director's Cut. I laughed out loud when I read the description of this. <laughs> they call it Pechuga Gin, and it is distilled over organic turkey breast, mm. uh, of all things. And uh, the way they describe doing this is as they're making the gin, they have a turkey breast suspended inside the still. Pechuga is the Spanish word for turkey. So they have this turkey breast in the still uh, while the gin, alcohol, and everything else is inside. So it is cooking the hot vapors and flavoring the spirit with the turkey breast flavoring at the same time. I have not tried it. This uh, was new to me. I never in my wildest dreams imagined anyone would ever do this. (laughs) So we have to now go hunt down this essentially turkey-flavored gin to see if it's as wild as described. <laughs> yeah, I have to say I'm out on this one. I uh, <laughs> The points for creativity to them, but I'd pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, next up on the list, last year, motorcycle enthusiasts decided to combine their love of gin with their love of Harley-Davidson. Uh, you, Erringer, has a workshop. They manufacture custom-made motorcycles. They earn the nickname The Archaeologist due to their uh, passion for scouring the planet for antique motorcycle parts and motorcycles as a whole. They then create their own models. So he created something called The Archaeologist. It's a gin that costs a thousand pounds a bottle, so that means right now it's about uh, 1200 bucks. They steep the spirit with engine parts salvaged from old Harley-Davidson motorcycles. I hope to God they clean them first. Uh, the bottles <laughs> gin are filled also with original engine parts salvaged by uh, Erringer and his, and his team from around the world. Uh, that means they actually have these parts inside the bottle, just like uh, you'd see, uh, you know, the bugs and the worms and the tequila. Uh, one that they talk about here is parts from a 1939 flathead motorcycle. It's a camshaft that they found in the Mexican desert. One has uh, screw nuts from a 1947 knucklehead motorcycle that they found in Chile. And then they found one, uh, some rocker arms from a 1962 panhead motorcycle out of South Korea. That to me is uh, a little over the top. What do you all yeah, think Yeah, I that? think you're yeah. literally paying for um, junkyard parts to be in your beverage, which is a little like weird to me. Hints of oil and rust. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Twelve hundred bucks a bottle. That's uh, that's a little steep. That is a little steep. Uh, so if again, if someone has pictures of these or they see them on the internet, I uh, would love for you to post them at Cast Club Radio uh, or on social media. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next up, Cambridge Distillery. They are out of just outside of London. 
they came up with anti-gin. No. Now, I'm so out on this. The name, anti-gin, yeah. <laughs> How'd they make it? Well, they distilled redwood ants in collaboration with the Nordic <laughs> Food Lab. Each bottle is 40% alcohol. It contains the essence of around 62 redwood ants foraged in Kent, uh, outside of London. Other botanicals include nettles, Alexander seed, and Bulgarian juniper. I want to know, what is the essence of 62 red ants taste like? That is an interesting description, isn't it? I am not? curious. Very specific. I would yeah. try that one. Good for you. You're oh, braver, you're braver okay. than I am. <laughs> well, it's all alcohol. It's just, uh, yeah. uh, you know, there's nothing bad in there by the time it gets out, uh, except maybe flavor. Um, the, let's see. Uh, another one distilled out of London called Collagen. Hmm. What do you think about that? What do you think is in Collagen Gin? I'm going to go with collagen, but that's, you know, collagen. It's a, that's yep. a ding, wild ding. guess. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, you know, kind of uh, keeps your skin nice and soft and shiny and helps loosen up the joints, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this year they received a $50,000 infusion of capital from a uh, BBC series called The Dragon's Den. That's kind of like our Shark Tank over here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. where uh, entrepreneurs go and pitch companies and then they get people to uh, invest in their companies. So they got $50,000 for a 30% share of the business that would value the business at just over $155,000. Of course, that was in pounds, so it'd be a little higher. Uh, but anyway, they came up with a gin that they describe as sweet and refined. It has 11 botanicals, including uh, rose oil, pink grapefruit, orris root, and collagen. Uh, interesting, though, it'd be interesting to see what that tastes like with the collagen because gel- collagen generally is otherwise uh, tasteless. And um, I would be interested to know what the chemical and medicinal properties of the collagen are when they convert over uh, into the alcohol for extraction of the gin. That would be actually quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. If I can have a cocktail and it has some anti aging properties, or, my skin looks better benefits. afterwards, I'm totally in. <laughs> can you um, imagine? I can just see you two at the bar with your gin and tonic there, and you kind of dip a finger and start rubbing it underneath your <laughs> eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, on your nose and stuff. No crow's feet, yeah. No crow's feet, that's um, right, that's right. Well, we heard about some creative gins. Next, we're going to talk to the creative minds behind the website Nerds with Knives. It's husband and wife Emily and Matt Clifton, and they're going to give us some creative ways to use that heritage advent calendar for cocktails. That's next on Cast Club Radio. back to Cast Club Radio. Right now we're joined by two people who can give us a lot of holiday tips, a lot of holiday cooking tips. Emily and Matt Clifton, the creative minds behind Nerd with Knives. How are you guys? Great. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us on. I know we're lucky we get uh, two for the price of one today and and (laughs) two creative minds. So can you explain, both of you have pretty impressive careers outside of your blog, outside of this venture. How was it that you found yourselves starting this passion project? Well, I think, you know, funnily enough, I think sometimes having, um, you know, having a career outside gives you kind of a push to want to do something fun and creative that's all your own. Since Matt and I both, um, you know, we have full careers doing other things, when we started doing the blog, we were like, you know, let's just do it for us and really have fun with it. And, and that's kind of that's really how it started, and it's kind of really how it stayed. Where, you know, we really just focus on the stuff that we love to make and ingredients that we love to use, and you know, that's really kind of always been our focus. Were there elements of your of your careers that were helped you uh, uh, that bled over into to this project? Well, I think I think 
you know, what I do a lot of the time in, in my day job is I work with clients who need websites. And so when we came to start thinking about it, we really wanted to put down somewhere, you know, a lot of the recipes that we use and we didn't have written down. And, you know, every Thanksgiving we make dishes and we were like, well, how do we organize this stuff? And then we thought, let's just put it on a website, uh, literally, so that the two of us can go and see what this stuff, you know, just remind ourselves. So I knew how to do that. And Emily uh, works in, you know, she's a film editor, and so she's very visual, and she had a sense of how how best to present the recipes. Well, you can definitely tell on your website, everything is beautiful. The photography, well, thank uh, you. the presentation. Nice so you guys have been doing this since 2013, is that correct? Yeah, something like that. I mean, we started really super duper casually, just kind of, you know, literally for ourselves, mostly, like Matt said, for Thanksgiving recipes, where we would always kind of make these things that we really liked, and then we couldn't remember exactly what was in them, or people (laughs) would ask us, you know, for the recipe, and, you know, most of them were in our heads. So, you know, that's really kind of how it started, probably around 2012, 2013. And then probably within a year or so, we started, you know, getting a little bit more, I don't want to say serious about it, because it, but, but really, we started just really enjoying it. And I think, you know, the photography became a bigger part of it and something that I really enjoyed. So, you know, as that kind of developed, we just, you know, started paying more attention to it and just doing it more regularly, I guess. Yeah. I think that was a really interesting point for us where really for the first year it was us and our mums, you know, our friends and our friends' mums, and that was great and cool and fun. And then, you know, strangers were commenting on the site saying, hey, I love your your recipe. And we thought, oh, what have we got ourselves into? (laughs) I'm not sure we wanted to go global. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, it was just so amazing to to put something out there that other people were enjoying who, like, had never met us before. And there was just something really incredibly wonderful about knowing that somebody's cooking something that you made up and they're sharing it with their friends and their family and, you know, they're all enjoying it. And it's just, I don't know, it's just a really, really lovely feeling and experience that, you know, hasn't hasn't gone away. We're yeah. still like so delighted when people reach out to us and tell us that they've made something and you know they liked it and you know or they made something for their friends or their family and yeah it's really touching i mean we always say every year on thanksgiving we we like we we love you guys our readers (laughs) we really mean it i mean it's sort of for us food has always been a way to get friends and family together and this is just an extension of that. This is just a way of, of finding a community across, really across the whole world that um, is really into food and loves. And it doesn't have to be complicated recipes at all. In fact, some of our favorite recipes um, have been the simplest. Um, and just things that, just like variations of things that we both grew up with when we were kids that are either our parents made or our friends made. And we, we remembered those recipes and we adapted them. And this sort of rediscovering that love of, of food and of eating together. Just like your family got a little bigger. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned the growth there, and at some point you realized that you actually had a business venture on your hands and you needed a name for it. I love the name Nerds with Knives. Can you tell us how you kind of settled on that? Well, you know, it's funny because it was one of those things like, you know, Matt and I are both, you know, 
fairly nerdy people in the sense that, you know, we both, we love science fiction and Matt's a huge comic book. I don't want to say collector, but he loves comic books. And, you know, I, I am a film editor and definitely I've always been a film nerd. And, and we also really love learning about, you know, the science behind things and the techniques of why things work. So when we were thinking of names, I don't even remember the others that we came up with, but we sort of, you know, landed on this and, you know, looked at each other with our glasses on and (laughs) and we're like, all right, this kind of fits us. And it also, you know, it works so that, you know, our, our, our friends and, you know, my brother calls us dorks with forks (laughs) and goons with spoons. There's an endless set of variations that we haven't fully explored yet. Yeah. That's perfect. So... You guys, obviously, this started more as a food venture, but browsing through your website and looking at some of the recipes, you've definitely branched out into making drinks and cocktails as well. Uh, What was sort of the start of that? Well, we just really love to drink. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I think, um, you know, as as we developed our food recipes, we found that we were, you know, always interested in kind of carrying over some of the flavors that we were working with at the time, often with a lot of herbs. So, you know, we just would kind of, you know, it was kind of a natural extension of the food recipes. You know, plus we we have always loved classic cocktails. Like we love, you know, a really classic old-fashioned and Manhattans and things like that. And, and we still do. And we still, you know, make very classic drinks. And then we'll also kind of put our, our spins on them that tend to be um, a little bit seasonal, but usually quite simple. We don't like to get too super complicated with, you know, with our drinks, partially because I think we're a little bit, you know, we don't like to wait too long <laughs> you know, yes. to a cocktail. So if a recipe is like 43 stages and, you know, you have to like smoke ice and, <laughs> you know, do these really complicated things, they look wonderful in theory. But for us, in practice, we tend to like to stay relatively simple. I think that's a really relatable part of your blog. And I know it's something you focus on on the food side as well, doing things with uh, really good, fresh, simple ingredients and things that are accessible to people. And around the holidays, drinks especially, when you're at parties and you're you're celebrating with your family, you want to spend your time with the people in your life that matter the most. And you guys actually had a great uh, holiday cocktail on your website recently, which you managed to incorporate the Spirits Advent Calendar, which we're huge fans of here. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, we uh, we had a partnership with Heritage last month where they sent us these, the, the, uh, the calendars, and we, we loved them so much. Mm-hmm. We actually wanted to put together something which, which used the drinks and also kind of kicked off our, our holiday uh, blog recipes. And I think this one was something that we, you know, we made several variations on old fashions. Uh, we just loved the combination of, you know, a little bit of whiskey and something a little bit sweet. And I think traditionally an old fashioned would use a, a sugar cube, but we wanted to play around with that. And we've used, um, we used a lot of simple syrups. So you, you know, syrups where you have a, an equal amount of sugar and water, but then you can infuse that with, with herbal flavors or with fruit flavors. We use uh, rosemary a lot in our simple syrups, and so this was something which made sense to us. And really, it's the combination of that, and I think we use the, the, the Heritage Rye, which has a really nice spicy tone to it. 
and those flavors go together really, really well. Yeah, this- yeah. We we especially I love the rye. It's just so you know, it's it's smooth, but it still it has like it has a punch. It has a spiciness, which is just um, really fun in mixed drinks, especially. And we won't do the do it justice by just talking about it. So people need to go online to nerdswithknives.com and check this out because even just the photography and the visuals uh, surrounding it will put you into the holiday spirit immediately. So we'll make sure people check that out. But speaking of working with booze, you guys also have kind of an exciting project coming up, which involves that. Yeah, we have. Um, we're actually in the middle of working on our first cookbook which incorporates every recipe uh, has an element of booze in it. So it's cooking Mm -hmm. with whiskey and vodka and rum and gin and tequila, and it's going to be called Cork and Knife, and it's going to be out in uh, summer 2019. So it's been a really fun project for us to kind of experiment with alcohol in cooking, which we've always used a lot. We've always made wine sauces and our, uh, we have a barbecue sauce that uses bourbon, which is one of our most popular recipes, and it's one of the things our friends ask for the most. And we really sort of wanted to explore that further and really look at not just, you know, why alcohol works flavor-wise, but chemically and you know, what vodka does in, in uh, frying batters. And it's really, it's fascinating. And it's just been a really, really fun experience for us. I yeah, love- it's been a real learning process. And, and really, uh, other than the actual cooking, it's been a, a test of how much we can get away with shooting in our own tiny house without going, <laughs> without going crazy. And actually, we just about stayed sane. Um, but we'll, we'll see once the whole thing is done. Yeah, we're not, we're not sure about that yet. but <laughs> <laughs> So far, so good, at least. <laughs> Cork and knife. Okay, this is, we're going to make sure people get the, their pre-orders in now. Could be a gift for the holidays, or maybe you just started to plan ahead to next year for your gifts as well. It's never too early to do that. Cork and knife could be right. available next year. It would be a great uh, a great pairing with the uh, the advent calendar. Oh, perfect! Which we're obsessed with. Love it. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to join us and chat with us. M- amongst all the things you're doing, especially around the holidays, we really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. We are really we just are thrilled to. To get to talk to you guys. Real pleasure. Make sure you go check out Emily and Matt's site, Nerds with Knives. Thank you so much again for joining us. Up next, we talked quite a bit about gin today. We're going to have a delicious gin cocktail for you, and Distiller Dane is back with a seasonal top five. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Right now we are joined by one of our favorite people, Distiller Dane, on the line with a brand new top five for us this week. What's up? Not too much. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Are you enjoying the move into the holiday season? I am. The weather has been a little rainy, but we still have some mm-hmm. nice days coming out. So um, transitioning from kind of the Thanksgiving to the Christmassy and other holiday festivities. I love it. And I'm sure there might be one or two holiday-related things on your list today. So let's get it started. What's number one? All right. The first one on my list is the Enchanted Christmas at Safeco Field. Mm -hmm. Have you guys heard about it or been to it yet? We talked to the GM of Enchant last week. Yeah. Yeah. And that sounds pretty amazing. So I went there and it was actually really cool. It's basically a a ton of large Christmas light displays. Um, They have some hidden light-up reindeers, one for each one of them. It's kind of like a maze. They also have some ice skating 
and they had the seasonal mold wine, which was my first time having mold wine, which is basically just a warm spiced wine. You guys had mold wine before? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Yes. All right. It was delicious. Overall, it was really fun. I did go ice skating. Um, it was a lot more difficult than I thought. And if you do end up going ice skating, I would uh, suggest not bringing your mold wine onto the ice rink because it does not look good spilled onto the ice. Yes. Good, good tip. Good tip. <laughs> it looks like somebody got cut with a razor. It looks exactly like that, actually. <laughs> horrible. Yeah. Well, Jennifer and I are taking the kids on December 23rd, so uh, we're excited Ooh. to go see what they've done to transform Safeco Field. I'm um, sorry. T-Mobile field, whatever they're oh, yeah. uh, Right? Yes, exactly. Uh, the yeah, unnamed. Used to saying that. Yeah. That's right. All right. Dane, number two. Number two. Now they're entering the holiday season. Uh, there's a lot of limited bourbon and rye whiskeys that come out. And one of my ones that I'm most favorite about is the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. And I've been on the search so far. I haven't got my hands on, my, on some bottles yet, but I've had the luck of finding them at a couple nice restaurants and uh, imbibing in them. Nice. What's What do you Very love cool. so much about this particular one? They come out this time of year every year. One of my favorites is the George T. Stag, and this comes in at cast strength. Um, they're usually all aged um, a lot more than their standard versions. They're re-releasing the Eagle Rare this year back at 101 proof, which is the wow. original proof it was normally at back in the day, too. Wow. Okay. All right. Sounds like for a special occasion, maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's Very number? Special. What's number three on your list? Number three on my list is teepees and i am speaking of the canvas cone-shaped tent of tv okay. <laughs> okay i was uh, i was recently at a friend's birthday party and they actually had a giant teepee on their property and it held about 20 to 25 people on the inside and it was kind of like a gross rainy day out um but inside you stay warm and dry and we had a fire going in there and actually some live music even as well wow I've seen these at a music festivals, having been a huge music festival fan. I've seen them in the past, either yurts or, or teepees. They seem to be sort of uh, making a, yeah, pe- comeback, I guess. <laughs> I've seen them in a couple people's backyards. Yeah. They're very spacious on the inside, actually. Um, you stay warm and dry in there. If you can get your hands on one, I'd, I'd recommend it. It's, it's a fun little hangout. Awesome. Of course, they're not indigenous to the Northwest. The Indians of the Northwest use log uh, long houses. Uh, these are more of a Midwest type of thing, but I have been inside several of them, and they do keep you dry. And uh, if you have a fire going, they do keep you very warm. Sounds cozy. All right, number four. All right, number four on my list at Heritage, we have the Advent Calendar, which people that are 21 and over can imbibe in, but not everyone can be part of that, especially dogs. I recently came across a dog advent calendar, and it is pretty much as simple as it sounds. There is a dog treat in the box every day for your pup or your dog to enjoy. Wow, that seems like a brilliant idea. I'm surprised I haven't heard of that before. Yeah, this is the first time I've seen them, and they aren't just like little regular treats. They're all decorated with like doggy icing and very unique (laughs) so far, and I actually haven't found one that my dog hasn't liked yet, which I think will be hard to do. He hasn't. I have to hide it from him as well, or else he'll go in there and destroy it. (laughs) Have you found for your dog the uh, pig ears or the sheep hooves for them to chew on? Uh, not the pig ears. I have seen those. Uh, I just tried a new one from the same place called the Admin County. I forgot what it was, though. But um, he does eat bully steaks as well. Yeah, the uh, the dogs, sheep hooves, and the pig ears um, are fun to begin with, but they get nasty, stinky, wet after a while, so make sure it's an outside thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do sell them at Costco, by the way. Uh, a whole bag of pig ears for dogs. Huh. <laughs> Random information. Yeah. All right, number five. <laughs> All right, number five on my list, 
Um, they have a location in Capitol Hill and Ballard, and I just recently went for the first time, and it is eight ounce burger. Have you guys ate at one before? I have. Yeah. yeah. Really good. All right. It is freaking delicious. <laughs> um, I usually judge a burger place by kind of their take on their like their classic cheeseburger or whatever their house specialty is. And theirs was amazing because I am obsessed with truffles, like the mushroom truffle. And their signature eight ounce burger basically comes with balsamic onions, bacon, beaches cheese, and a truffle aioli. And you can get it with truffle fries. Ooh, wow. yeah. It's a lot of truffle. Mm. Was the burger actually eight it's ounces? Not too much. It's perfect. <laughs> is, is the patty actually eight ounces? The patty is eight ounces. They brought out the scales so I can measure it. I had to make sure. Wow. <laughs> half, the full half pound burger. That's awesome. All right, 8-ounce burger. All right, anything else, Dane, before we uh, head out? That's it. All right, back to work. Thanks, Dane. All right, take care. Well, earlier in the show, we were talking about some of the most unusual types of gin, or at least the ingredients used to make some of the unusual types of gin. But if you're more standard, if you uh, like to stick to standard recipes, we've got a pretty delicious one for you this week. Yeah, this is a gin-based recipe. We call it the Cran Gin Buck. Uh, try to say that three times faster if you've had <laughs> two of them, and it will be an interesting party game. In a highball glass or a copper mug, fill it with ice. Add two ounces of gin. We recommend our Elk Rider Crisp Gin. Add a quarter ounce of fresh squeezed lime juice and a half ounce of cranberry juice. Top it with ginger beer and garnish it with a simple lime wheel. And it's a refreshing drink. Uh, the cranberry juice gives it a beautiful color. So if you put it in a highball glass, you'll be able to see that uh, beautiful kind of pinkish color. If you put it in a copper mug, you'll be able to offer your guests that cran gin buck or a Moscow mule in a copper mug for parties. And uh, it's just a great perfect refreshing drink especially if you've got uh, christmas trees or wreaths or bows in your home because the uh, juniper plays off of the uh, of the smell of the needles and everything from the trees beautiful yeah it sounds like it'll just be a perfect in case you're having one of these parties we talked about this perfect holiday drink party absolutely and and you can make it in large batches and then just uh, add gin as necessary for each guest and have your Roomba deliver it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Just don't spill. Well, if you want to check out this recipe or any past cocktail rep- recipes, they are all available online at heritagedistilling.com. You can also find links to the news stories we talked about earlier today. And uh, if you want to download this episode or any past episodes, that's a great place to do it. And as always, uh, in the middle of holiday season, you can go to heritagedistilling.com. Look for great gift ideas. You still have time to have items shipped to you or your loved ones. We still have some advent calendars left, and uh, they're still not too late to catch up in the middle of December. Just play catch up with uh, the advent calendars. And uh, we still have some of that fresh eggnog being delivered every week. We're going through literally a truckload a week of this uh, amazing eggnog from our friends at Parfait in Ballard, all organic. And we just wish you all to have a great uh, weekend and a tremendous week coming up. And we will see you next week on Cast Club Radio. Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling. Check us out on MyNorthwest.com to learn more and catch up on past episodes. Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling.